This last year, we've been going through the book of Romans, and, and this morning when Pastor Norb asked me to speak, I kind of thought it was an opportunity to really highlight what we have been talking about this entire year at Youth. The book of Romans is one of my favorite books, and, and in it, we really get to see Paul's heart for the early church. And Paul's heart for the church in general. And, and really, we can read this book and still hear Paul speaking to us today. And time and time again in the book of Romans, Paul hits on one particular note, and that is the gospel. He is calling us to live out the gospel, to live in the gospel, and to bring Jesus' name everywhere we go. And so this morning, I want to talk about that, this idea of living out the gospel today. That's our main takeaway from Romans, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to highlight it here this morning. So before we get into that, allow me to pray and just ready our hearts for what God is going to say. Father, we thank you for this morning, and and God, it is uh, a privilege to serve at TCC, and, and Lord, in particular, to serve the students. Uh, But God, I pray for this morning that you would just be lifted high, Lord God, that your voice would would ring out in the scripture and through my words, Lord God, that anything that is not of you would, would fall by the wayside and what would be left is seeds from your word, Lord God, that we would hear you speak to us. And I pray, Lord God, that for all of us, that we would be encouraged this morning to live out your gospel to the world around us that desperately needs it. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this morning, we had two sections of Romans read to us. I don't know if you caught it, but the first one was in Romans chapter 1, and the second one was in Romans chapter 16. It's, it's the bookends of Romans, the first chapter and the last chapter. And I highlight these two particular sections because really, that's what Paul is saying to the church of Rome. He is talking about the gospel. That is his main point throughout the entire book of Rome, of Romans. And he is hitting it time and time again, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And hopefully you caught a bit of that as we had it read to us. So what is the gospel? I think it's one of those words that often we hear and, and, and maybe we've internalized it long ago, but it's a good reminder to actually make sure we know what these words mean. The gospel quite literally means good news. Gospel means the good news. And in particular, what is, what is Paul talking about? What is the good news that he is talking about? Well, it's the good news about Jesus. I think it's easy often to get confused about the gospel when we hear it and and put ourselves as maybe the center point of it, of saying the gospel is for us, the gospel is about us. And, and, And while that's true, it definitely is about us and about what the gospel accomplishes. If we remove the key figure in it, we're, we're missing it. The gospel is not necessarily particularly just about us. In fact, it is solely and wholly focused on Jesus. The gospel is about Jesus, the Messiah of the world, God come down who took on human flesh. And so when we read in Romans 16 this morning, when Paul is saying to the church of Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel, what Paul is really saying there is he's saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus is that, again, God came down from heaven. He took on human flesh, was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, took on the wrath of God that was actually meant for us. He died 
And then three days later, he rose from the grave. And in doing so, what he accomplished is he brought us, he bought us back into the kingdom of God. This was his entire plan. This is God's meta-narrative from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end. It is about restoring his creation, us, back into his kingdom. The good news, simply put, is about Jesus. Jesus buying us back to God, restoring us to God's presence. And what I want to highlight here just for a second Because I think, again, it can be easy to overlook this, but it is accomplished. It is done. When Jesus did this, it, it, it is done. And we have a, we have an act to do in there. We have, we have something to do with, but all it is is just receive it. And I think one of the things that we can get caught up on sometimes is that we can think that we're not doing a good job being a Christian as if we have to do something to continue to earn this gospel, to continue to earn salvation. But the gospel, it's not about that. It is once and for all. The only thing that we have to do is receive it. You don't have to receive it and then continue to try to earn it, continue to try to prove to God that you are worthy of the gospel, to prove to God that you are worthy of Jesus. Jesus has already said that you're worthy. It is done. It is accomplished. Think far too often, and I, and I heard this illustration as I was studying for this passage and for this message this week, was that often we have this, like, we have our name here, and we're like, okay, this is us, and, and, and we have this line that eventually branches off to either to heaven and to hell, and we think that if we're on one side of the line, if we're on the heaven side, if we're doing enough, if we're accomplishing enough, then we deserve heaven. And sometimes we can get caught up in the fact that, like, maybe we're not doing enough. Maybe we're not following Jesus enough. Maybe we're not being a good Christian. Maybe we're sinning and all of a sudden we find ourselves on the other side of that line and we think we're getting drawn to hell. And if that is your understanding of Christianity, I'm here to tell you that is a very bad, poor understanding. Because Jesus, he, he paid the price. He did everything that needs to be done. All we need to do is just receive it. And once we've received it, our standing is set. We don't, we don't need to do anything else. Jesus has accomplished it all. All we need to do is live in that. So you might be wondering, well, Quinn, why are you then saying we need to live out the gospel? What, what, is, what is our role in that? If Jesus has already accomplished it all, what is our role in that? Well, similar to good news in general, we get the privilege to share that good news. And I think sometimes we can get it stuck in our head, that, but that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to share Jesus with others. It can be difficult to share that. But guys, when we have good news, we can't help but share it. We can't help but let other people know. I know for like Lara and I, when, when we were in Medicine Hat, one of the things that we enjoyed to do doing was finding a good restaurant. And when we moved to Edmonton, that was the same thing. We tried to find a restaurant that we would really enjoy and would like to go to. And, and one of those restaurants for us is, uh, I'm going to butcher the name of it, Chartier uh, in Beaumont. It's this French restaurant and, and we really enjoy it. And so this last weekend, when it, when it was our anniversary, we went to Chartier and we had a nice meal together. And when we started, like, talking with our friends as we were anticipating this night, we were telling everyone about it. We're like, yeah, that's where we're going. We're going to this French restaurant in, 
in Beaumont. It's so awesome. And, and we found ourselves naturally trying to like bring it up in conversation, letting people know, like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're excited about it. The place is so nice. You like walk in there, and it's kind of like you're walking into an old house. There's, there's pictures on the wall. There, there, you, you just feel like you're being welcomed into someone's home. The food itself, it, it, again, it's not like kind of like you're eating at like a restaurant. It's, it's almost as if you're sharing a meal with a family, with a friend. And so you walk in and the decorations and the setting and everything just kind of welcomes you in. And so I, I enjoyed sharing this. And, and I find, again, that is good news. I enjoy telling people about this place because it is good food. And, and, and when people have said to me, well, I've been there, I'm like, well, what do you think? And then they tell me what they think. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And then we have this conversation, and in the same way, good news, good news about a restaurant, good news about anything, it is easy to share. It is easy to share good news about things that we like and that we love, and I call that the spark, this thing that we are excited about. If you've talked to me for any extended time, I'm sure, and I apologize, I probably brought up, I kind of apologize, I probably brought up board games, because I enjoy board games. And, and if you give me the chance, I'll pull up a picture on my phone that has my board game collection, which Lara tells me is way too many, which that's fair, it definitely is. But I'll talk your ear off about it, especially if you have an interest in board games. I'll begin kind of breaking it down, and, and eventually I'll be like, what's your favorite one? Because I'm interested in that. And I, I think it's good news. It's, it's, it's interesting things, and, and so I'll naturally talk about it. It is easy to talk about the things that we love. In fact, we often find ourselves sharing these things with acquaintances and with friends and with family. Why? Because when we're passionate about something, it's electric. It's why talking to your friend, the one friend that is just like super into sports, and they begin telling you about their team and the highlights from this last week, you get excited. You're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I, what's the highlight? I want to look it up. Let me know. Or when you talk to a parent and they just can't help but enthusiastically share what their kids have been up to, what accomplishments they have done, and it gives you a glimpse of that spark of joy. And when you talk to someone about their favorite movie, they begin to quote the, the best lines from the movie or share the best scenes, and it makes you want to see it. When someone shares something that they are passionate about, often you'll catch that passion. You'll catch that love that they have, that excitement, that tangible electricity that you can't help but feel when someone shares the good news about their thing. And I wonder for us as, as Christians, and, and honestly, I had to do my own heart search this week with this as I was preparing my message, is, is do we have that same spark when we talk about Jesus? Are we excited to share Jesus with others? Are, are, are inside us, do we have that love and that joy to share about Jesus with others? Because as we read the book of Romans, we, we read Paul's spark. We read his electricity. And, and I think really what Paul's like joy and his love for Jesus comes from is, is from his powerful transformation, this, this conversion moment that he has in the book of Acts chapter 9. And, and I encourage you if, you, if you don't know it, go ahead and read it later today. Acts chapter 9. 
But, but Saul, which is Paul, as he was traveling to, and, and again, like Saul has this crazy backstory. Saul is, is this guy that was persecuting Christians, killing Christians, was overseeing it and, and making sure that it happened. This is Paul back then, Saul. This is his mission was going around and persecuting and killing Christians. And Saul, on his way to do just that, has this amazing moment where God blinds him with light and then speaks to him. And then he goes through this, this transformation of going to Ananias and, and, and receiving the gospel and receiving Jesus. And then, and then he becomes Paul. And Paul goes from that place to go and share the gospel and to go and tell people about Jesus but the disciples, the, the people that were following Jesus and, and other Christians are afraid of Paul because he's probably going to come and persecute them, probably going to come and kill him. But Paul just wants to share the gospel. He just wants to share about Jesus. And eventually they see him as he now is, this transformed life. And I think that is the starting place for the spark for Paul. And I think really that's our spark as well. What is your conversion? What is your transformation the person you were before Jesus and now that you are. I think it starts there. Your love for Jesus starts there. So where is your spark when it comes to the gospel? To truly live out the gospel, we need to have that in the forefront of our mind. We need to be reflecting on it and thinking about that because I think for the gospel to be shared properly, we need to do it with the mindset of what the gospel actually is. It is good news, great news that we get to share. Paul, in the book of, of Romans, which is a letter to the young church of Rome, this house church, is full of gospel proclamation. It's Paul sharing and, and talking about Jesus with his friends. In the last chapter of, of Romans, Romans 16, the very large section of that, almost the majority, is Paul going through and just listing off names, saying, I'm thankful for you, I'm thankful for you. He's just saying to his friends, man, I miss you guys, I love you guys. And then he ends with, guys, but don't forget the gospel. Don't forget to live in it. Don't be careful who you're listening to because it affects your faith. But man, just keep digging into God. And I think that kind of leads me to a question for, for us this morning. Do you find yourself talking about Jesus with your friends, with your family? If not, I think that's kind of an issue. I think that's something that we should be concerned about. If we're not talking about Jesus, if he's not coming up in natural conversation, why is that the case? Is there something maybe holding you back? I think it can become easy not to talk about Jesus, especially nowadays. There's so many kind of social rules and pressures about not bringing up our faith. And I remember talking with a friend earlier this year, and, and she began to share with me about the pressure she feels at her office to not talk about Jesus. And it started right at the point of the interview for her job. She recounted to me that they literally said, and again, this isn't a new thing. I, I'm sure you guys are all aware of this as well, that maybe you've had a similar conversation, but the employer said, you cannot talk about faith or religion. And again, that's not, that's not a new thing. It's been around for a while. But I think what is new is that we're really living in this post-Christian society that even talking with people out in, in, out in public, even talking with, with our, like, 
closer acquaintances or even our friends, we can often feel that social pressure to not bring up our faith because we don't want to offend someone. We don't want to, we don't want to hurt them. We don't, we don't want to make it awkward between us. And, and guys, it can be easy to live in that tension and just to say, well, it's going to be awkward if I bring it up, and so I, I just better not. That pressure is very real, and, and I don't want to just kind of overlook that. Because it is, it's there, and, and it's a very real thing. But I think when we actually care about someone, when we actually love someone, and we know the gospel, we understand what Jesus has accomplished, we can't, we can't just keep that in. We have to share that with people. And there's good ways and there are bad ways to share the gospel. I think beating someone over the head with a Bible is probably a bad idea attacking them in, in, in the way that they believe or what they, what they hold as truth is, is probably not the right way to go about that. But I think standing for truth is still important today. And I think it needs to be in our vocabulary. Talking about Jesus needs to be a part of our conversations. And we need to pray for opportunities in which we can share the gospel with others. We can share Jesus with others. But all this pressure can leave us wondering if we still have that spark of joy because maybe we just have pushed it down so much. Maybe the pressures of, of society and, and maybe even some particular friends that we've had that conversation with before have, have kind of pushed us in, in such a way that we are trying to hide that light, trying to put it to the background so we don't hurt or offend But I think if we really, if we really want to love someone, it's going to require us to share Jesus. It's going to require us to, to live that out. But I think the best way to do that, very simply, the, the best way to live out the gospel is by starting with our everyday lives. Starting with, with our story, starting with what's going on inside of us. Because if we just share this rehearsed kind of like gospel tract with someone, it probably isn't going to stick. It probably isn't even going to matter to them. The best way to start is by sharing our story. What has God done in us? What is the conversion that has taken place that saw us from before Jesus to now with Jesus? That story, sharing that, I think, is the powerful way in which we can share the gospel with others. And I think it's the best starting place. It's the best way to go about sharing the gospel and living it out is actually sharing from our story. So what has God done in your life? Maybe you grew up in a church, and, and I've heard this a lot with my students, is I don't really have a powerful testimony, Quinn. I, I grew up in the church, and, and I've always known that, that Jesus is real and that I wanted him to be a part of my life. And so at a very young age, I accepted Jesus into my life. I, I, it's not a very powerful story to share. I don't think I have anything. But man, that is one of the most powerful testimonies that you can have that at a young age you accepted Jesus and you continue to walk with him and you can continue to see the difference in your life versus someone that doesn't have Jesus. Guys, we have a hope that resides within us that is totally and wholly different from the world around us. That difference in ch like, like charges us up each and every day to live a specific way that goes about proclaiming Jesus. 
We share what we know. We don't need to add on to it. Your testimony is the perfect testimony that God has given you. And it is the perfect testimony to share with others around you because they care about you. Your relationship with them is what's going to make the difference. Your life is what makes the difference. I, I don't know why this analogy came to my mind as I was preparing this, but I kept like thinking of like the Lord of the Rings. I'm a nerd. And, and the, where the, like, they have this council and you know the amazing moment where he's like, you have my sword and my axe and my bow and you know, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas and Gandalf and the hobbits all come around Frodo and say, we're going to help you. But I, in my mind, I'm like, can you imagine if it was like, you have my sword, and then he like moves over to the next seat, and my sword, and my sword, and all the people are just the same person? Like, it's not gonna, that's not gonna be a good, good, uh, that's not gonna be a good fellowship for Frodo. All the different people were needed to help him, and, and in the same way, we as a body of believers, the church, we aren't called to all be the same part of the body. We all have a unique gifting and blessing that God has given you. And your message, your story, your testimony is going to speak to someone so dynamically different than my message would, than my testimony would. Your conversion story matters. And I think, again, just don't, don't undersell the power of God. God has done something in your life that has completely transformed you has completely changed you. And you're standing with God. Again, don't, don't get caught up in the, I need to do enough things or I need to make up for the sins that I like. Guys, it is done. It is accomplished. Your standing with God is secure. Live in that secure place before God. And when I think, again, it, it can be easy to just, it can be easy to try and think that I'm not living out my faith enough. And so who am I to share the gospel with someone? But guys, you are the person, the woman, the man who your friends need to share the gospel. And don't undersell the power of what Jesus has accomplished. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we read, it'll be on the screen as well, this. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. What we can glean first and foremost from this is, again, that Jesus has accomplished it. It's all on Jesus. Your story is because of Jesus. Sharing the gospel, it's only going to have power because of Jesus. Your testimony is because of Jesus. And again, you're standing with God. It is done. It is accomplished. The gospel brings about righteousness through what? Through faith. We just receive it through faith. And we live in it through faith. That's why Paul is saying it is by faith from first to last. There is nothing else that you need to do. It is received. It is done. It is accomplished. Your standing with God is done. You have a right standing. Timothy Keller, uh, one of an amazing writer, wrote words it like this. We can get a pretty good handle on righteousness, what Paul is talking about in this passage, righteousness, by thinking about the English word. 
What does it mean to be right with your company, your government, or another person? It is a positional word. It means to have a good or right standing, to have no debts or liabilities that you owe the other person or organization. You are acceptable to the other party because your record has nothing on it to jeopardize the relationship. And I say all this because, again, I think it can be easy to try to disqualify ourselves to say that we're not good enough to share the gospel, that, that we, who are we to make a difference in someone's life? But I would say that what Jesus has accomplished in you makes you the right person to share the gospel, makes you the right person right now, not after you pray, not after you do just enough things. Right now, you as you are, are enough through Jesus Christ. And once we start to accept that, we can actually live in that freedom that it brings, that, that we can actually just live out our faith, live out the gospel before others. And I think that this understanding of what the gospel is, that it brings a right standing before God, is the, the best possible place for us, us as Christians, to start living out our faith, our gospel before others in our everyday life. Once we remember the power of the gospel and have it firmly fixed in our minds, it allows us to go from there to actually start living it out in that transformational power. When we know that our position before God is wholly fixed and it is not set or based on conditional circumstances of trying to add up enough to be enough, but rather it is firmly fixed and accomplished because of what Jesus has done— It allows us the freedom to live in that grace-filled life. God's love is not a conditional love. What a powerful reminder that we can choose to live no longer by what we used to look like, but by how we used to live, by the definitions that we used to give ourselves, but rather that we can live in the reality of God's grace. And I think that moment, that understanding of how we get to live, that God has accomplished it, that it is done, that can spark that joy in us of, man, I'm not worthy of God's love, but yet I, he gives it to me. And because he gives it to me, and, and I know how broken I am, and I know how desperately I need forgiveness for my sins, and, and how desperately I need God's grace in my life, I can share that with others because I know they too need that grace that they too need that forgiveness for their life, that they too need to live in that place before God that Jesus brings us into. The love that God brought into the world through Jesus is that powerful gospel message that we then have the good news of that we get to go and share. So finally, how do we actually live out the gospel? I believe the best place to start, as I said already, is sharing the gospel with others through sharing our story. Guys, your story matters. It is powerful. And that very quite simply is the best place to start. Share how God transformed your life. We get to share the opportunity of who we are with others. And as I said already, ultimately, that's what people really care about. That's what our friends care about. That's what our family cares about. They care about you. And so start with you. Start with how God has made a difference in your life and how that impacts your day to day to day. I have found in my own personal life that that is the best place to start with others. The best place to start. 
We share our stories. We share what we know and what we have experienced and what we have gone through. And ultimately, the life transformational story that saw you experience and choose Jesus to begin with. Think about those things. I think it's a good thing to reflect on. Far too often, we, we think about our Christian life and in stages, and we think about, okay, well, I've accepted Jesus. Now I need to move on to the next thing, and then the next thing, and the next thing. But guys, don't lose what God has accomplished. That, that, that point of transformation, that gospel-centered message of what Jesus has done, that is, that is and always will be the center part of our faith. We don't ever move past that what Jesus has accomplished, what he's done in us, the transformation that has taken place. We don't ever move past that. And if you find that you are losing your spark of joy for Jesus, go back to that. Think through what Jesus has accomplished. He has accomplished it in you. What a joyful thing that God has done in us. That is the powerful testimony that we have to share. Thinking in Romans, as we've been going through it as a youth group, time and time again as I've read it, I just hear Paul's heart for the early church, hear Paul's heart for his friends, and the way that he talks to them and says, guys, don't move past this. And our our way that we ended this series with the youth group this last week was very simply that. Don't move past the gospel. Don't ever leave that behind. Live in that Don't forget about how you made a decision for Jesus. Live in that reality. Remember that reality all the time and share that reality with others. We start by remembering the power of the gospel. We live day by day in that transformational power. And finally, we share the good news of our transformation. We share our story with the world around us. This, I believe, is what really means to live out the gospel in our day-to-day life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. And God, I thank you for the way that you change us. The way that you transform us, God. God, you are are so good and you love us so much. God, I pray for for all of us that, that today would be a good reminder of what you've done what you've accomplished in our life. And and Lord, I pray that we wouldn't get caught up in, in the lie that we need to be good enough to earn your love. God, it is already done and accomplished, and you have already proclaimed that we deserve your love, that you have given it to us. We don't need to do anything to earn it. Lord, I, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we have an opportunity this morning to celebrate what you did, Jesus, through communion. And so, Lord, I pray as we sing this song, I pray that you would ready our hearts for communion, that that this, this powerful reminder of the sacrifice that you did, Jesus, on the cross, that in that you proclaimed that we are back in your kingdom. So, Lord, I pray for all of us this morning, Lord God, that that joy, that spark of knowing you would just naturally flow out of us to others. Lord God, that we would just love you and and we would love to share you with others. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.